Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Liam Maitland, KCBS foodie chap at Coat West in Oakland. We are talking wine. Uh, with me is Brett Hogan. Brett, good to see you, mate. How are you? Good, good to see you. Thanks for coming. Uh, I see wine. My favorite sound is the sound we're about to hear, because you're going to pop this beauty open. As you pour, tell us, what are we drinking? All right. So first, we're going to start off with a Pet Nat, uh, which is short for Pétillon Naturel. It's a um, sparkling wine. It's kind of like a rustic champagne. Uh, it's made here in-house. It's a very labor-intensive wine. Uh, I've, got to get, I've got to get the sound here, just because it is my favorite sound. Here we go. Yes. Uh, what drew you to this? Uh, they're very popular, and so uh, I thought it would be good to introduce to our lineup. Um, yeah, Pet Nat is kind of like where Rosé was maybe 10 years ago. Sure. Um, and they're just delicious. Yeah. I, I'm a fan. Cheers to you, my friend. Here we Cheers. go. Oh, yeah. That's a gift from the gods right there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your journey in wine. Where did this passion begin? Uh, it was kind of a, a long uh, story, a long trajectory to get here. I've got to be nowhere until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll give you the long version. Um, so I, I had spent some time in Europe uh, kind of um, when I was a, a young adult. Uh, I was exposed to wine and uh, wine, various wine countries, uh, but I had no idea I wanted to make wine um, until later in life. I ended up working in uh, basically the, te- the tech world. I was a sales manager for a tech company. And it was really fun in the beginning. Uh, the company was young and enthusiastic, and everything was exciting, very fast-paced. Everyone was young and smart, and uh, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I lasted seven years there. The first five, I would say, were like... Were you, were you drinking wine along the way to uh, well, help you get through those seven years? At the end of the day, certainly, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I still had no idea I wanted to work in wine, but uh, my passion for that line of work started to dwindle towards the end. And so, uh, and, and I was working for Google, and Google was a fantastic employer. So sure. uh, I knew that it wasn't the employer, it was probably the industry yeah. that I was not uh, really enjoying. Sure. So I did a lot of uh, soul searching. Uh, my wife helped me out with that too, kind of uh, helped me think about what was and important. And you want a part owner here. You, you are partners yeah, in the business, yeah, right? Yeah, we're, we own the business uh, 50-50. Uh, and Does yeah. that mean you also drink 50 50-50? We drink a lot of Coat West at home. <laughs> yes. So what was it? Was there a moment for you? Was there a light bulb moment where you thought, this is my passion, this is what I want to do, I want to make wine? What happened? Um, 
it wasn't so obvious right from the start, uh, but at the time, I when I was considering other uh, careers, I used to homebrew in my kitchen and garage, and there was something about that where I would make a physical, tangible product with my hands and share it with people I knew and see them get enjoyment out of it, and that was very fulfilling. Um, so as I was kind of going through this thought process of what, what is meaningful to me and what would I like to do with my time, uh, I thought a lot about that, and I thought if I could do something like that, for a job, that'd be wonderful. And I also realized, hey, I live in California. Mm-hmm. Some people actually make wine here, and, yeah. and it's a real robust industry. And people like wine here, so there, there's a market for it. Yeah, and so I actually considered uh, beer making. I met with some brewers and realized that industry was not hardly as interesting as the wine industry. I hadn't made wine at that time, so I started tinkering with that in my garage, um, making, you know, like, what, five, six cases at a time. Sure. And uh, it actually kind of turned out. And uh to make a long story short, I applied for the graduate program at Vitical, uh, at UC Davis yeah. in Viticulture and Denology. I was accepted, so I quit my job. Back to school? Back to school. I was a slightly older student, yeah. uh, so that was a little awkward at first, kind of a rough transition. But you had your eye on the prize, so at the end of this, hopefully, if it all works out, you get to make wine and get to make a living following your passion. That's right. And it was a fantastic program. I had a wonderful thesis advisor, Hildegard Heyman, and I met great colleagues there, yeah. uh, many of whom I still speak with today. When you know issues come up, you don't know how to solve them. You can open textbooks, but sometimes it's just better to yeah. get on the phone. Pick up the phone, talk to someone who knows what they're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. So were there particular styles of wine, flavors, regions, when, you know, as you were going on your own personal wine adventure, uh, was it French? Was it Spanish? Was it Italian? Was it California? What were you drinking and what were you loving? Yeah. So at first it was, uh, it was mostly Californian. Uh, and then as I became more interested in wine, I did, my palate definitely leaned more towards old world style wines. Mm-hmm. I pretty much gave up Chardonnay entirely. I became an ABC drinker and wow. anything but Chardonnay. <laughs> uh, but I have had some experiences which have completely, uh, reversed course on that. Good. And, and then you have some Chardonnay on your tasty menu. That's right. So let's talk about your, your first yield, your first year in business making wine, uh, what were your expectations and, and how did that go? So I was fortunate to receive a fellowship uh, while uh, as a grad student at UC Davis. Yeah. And so I was working with uh, Comte Lafont in Merceau in Burgundy. When I came back from that experience, uh, I came back to the Bay Area and I was fortunate to receive a job at uh, Dogpatch Wineworks in San Francisco. Yeah. Great spot. Yeah, it was a great spot. It was really well equipped. Um, but uh, the owner of the business there allowed me to make a small bit of wine on the side to, yeah. as a kind of a perk of employment, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how Coat West got that's not, that's not a bad perk, right? It, it sweetened the salary offering, yeah. let's say that. Yeah. And it led to this. Yes, it did. So Coat West was made there. I did all the work. I bought all the barrels and the grapes, uh, but I paid no production costs. So it was a great way for me to build up a little bit of inventory while I still had a full-time job uh, before I made the leap to do this, uh, you know, like 100% Coat West. So the name, Coat West, what's behind it? So that experience I alluded to before, working in Burgundy, uh, the the Coat door is the... um, like the, the slopes, they're called the Golden Slopes oh, that run yeah. north-south through Burgundy uh-huh. that have all the famous uh, Grand Cru and Premier Cru vineyards. Yeah. Uh, my experience there was very eye-opening, uh, so I decided it would be really a waste to not try to uh, recreate what I had learned there using yeah. the techniques learned on the Cote d'Or, but with West Coast vineyard sources. Yeah. So Cote West is an attempt to make old-world-style wines, but here in California with West Coast vineyard sources. And of all places, you would end up in the 510 East Bay, why this spot is a perfect place to uh, to store? I know your grapes are yielded from 
from other places, but this is where you're making your wine. So my wife and I have lived in Oakland for, for quite a while now, and uh, it seemed challenging to envision us actually living in wine country. Uh, we have two kids. We really wanted them to go to like, like good public schools, if we could make that happen. Um, and I think we really like the, the density uh, of, of living in a city. Yeah. And uh, as much as I like going to the country, I'm not so sure that's like the best for our family to live out there. Sure. And more and more, you're hearing more stories about Oakland winemakers. That's true. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a somewhat long history of that happening. Yeah. Uh, Kent Rosenblum, I believe, was one of the first, uh, yeah. the pioneer uh, of that. Uh, so we think we owe a lot of gratitude to him. Uh, but at the same time, some of them are leaving. Uh, there used to be more here in Oakland. Now there's only two fully functional mm-hmm. uh, wineries, not yeah. talking about tasting rooms, I'm talking production facilities in Oakland. It's Coat West and uh, Two Mile Wines. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people have been kind of priced out of the market. Uh, unfortunately, real estate and uh, rent is, you know, going up. Sure, so and you need yeah. a lot of space to make wine. So winemakers are kind of being pushed to uh, more marginalized spots. So let's talk about the grapes. Uh, where do you source your grapes from? Uh, mostly from Sonoma, yeah. uh, different AVAs within Sonoma. So Russian River Valley, Dry Creek Valley, um, Sonoma Coast, that's where we get the bulk of our grapes, a little bit from, uh, from Napa, and then some other spots that are less well-known but have like fantastic potential, uh, such as Contra Costa, believe it or not, a wonderful place. Wow. Zinfandel. Yeah. Yeah. Zin country. Zin country. Um, so when you decided what grapes you were going to um, yield, uh, what wine you were going to make, uh, what was immediately on your list? I mean, of course, we're, we've been drinking the, the Pet Nat, but uh, your top five, were you, were you, did you want to be a Chardonnay winemaker, a Cab winemaker? A, what story were you trying to tell through the wines that you're making? So I think it was very clear that we needed to make Chardonnay and Pinot Noir because of my experience in Burgundy. That's, you know, white Burgundy is Chardonnay, uh, red mm-hmm. Burgundy is Pinot Noir. And I had just come back from a really intimate experience there. So that was very much top of the list yeah. to produce. So those are the first two wines sure. we made. I made, a, uh, I made uh, two barrels of Cabernet, uh, two barrels of Chardonnay, and two barrels of Pinot Noir. Yeah. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. So, uh... Making wine, lots of lessons to be learned, some tough ones you have to make along the way. What, what have been the toughest things as, as, so far as part of this journey? 
I think tasting your own wines that you've put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into, um, and they evolve over time. And sometimes they go through sort of an adolescent phase, say when they're going through malolactic fermentation, they just don't taste good. Uh, and so you're always wondering what's going to happen to this guy once it gets to the other side of this, uh, process. Are you you sweating a little bit during that process or are you a man of faith? You just know it's going to work out all right. Less so now. Now you know it's going to work out. Uh, but some things you you were smelling the barrels all the time, uh, some things you do not want to smell and that's like vinegar like yeah. things because uh, if that happens you're probably going to have to dump that barrel so in terms of making sure you serve the consumer uh, you have a tasting room here folks who can come here at the weekend they can make an appointment of course if they want to bring a group in uh, so when you're deciding what to make uh, are you are you conscious of the consumer uh, and and what is your awareness of what people uh, are loving to drink right now in 2019 well, our pet nat has been hugely popular. Um, you know, when they come to the tasting room, I think people people generally enjoy everything we have on offer. I was afraid that when we opened this, we would only sell one product. Yeah. It would just be the rosés mm-hmm. or just the Sauv Blanc. And I've been very delighted to see that we're selling all of the products pretty much evenly. Uh, cool. I, t- I have to tell you, I forgot what a delicious grape this is. I mean, it's a stunning wine. It's great. I'm yeah. glad you like it. Um, that being said, I know like when we sell wine to retail shops or to restaurants, uh, oh. things that move faster are certainly in the lower priced items because yeah. you know our wines are not cheap, uh, and you know some of them are splurge wines, mm-hmm. definitely more than, uh, than than what my wife and I spend uh, yeah. on a, on a daily basis. So, uh, something that I've prided ourselves in with Coat West is delivering very high quality to price ratio. Sure. Uh, so that has certainly influenced some of the winemaking regions or grape growing uh, regions that we've uh, kind of looked towards once we got out of uh, Sonoma Coast, Napa, very, very expensive. Yeah. I also wanted to provide some other options such as our, um, we have a rosé of Zinfandel, which is phenomenal. And that's $22 a bottle. It's yeah. our least expensive thing. And it's just great. And of course, people should just come and buy a case. They get 10% off. That's right. That's right. Do you have a wine club as well? We do have a wine club. Yep, it's six bottles or 12 bottles two times a year. And um, the prices of those are roughly 170 or 320 You don't have to sell me. I'm sold. Done. Sign me up. Uh, let's taste our, our next little beauty. I hate to say goodbye to this because it's so, it's so, right. it's so it's, darn good. It's we, we have a dumping bucket, which happens to be in my mouth. Mmm. That is so good. Um, so... I would go to Sauvignon Blanc next, uh, unless if we're short on time, I'll skip straight to the rosé. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is your journey, so wherever you want to go. Yeah, we we have time. This is a a very traditional still Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, This one is fermented in 100% stainless steel. Once it goes dry, I move it to uh, different vessels. 80% stays in stainless steel. 20% goes to neutral French oak. Mm -hmm. By neutral, that means the barrels have been used for five years or more, and it's not really imparting any oakiness or any oak attributes to the wine. But it breathes differently than the stainless steel. So what stays in stainless uh, is all about uh, citrus. It's a lot of grapefruit, lime. uh, But then the the smaller portion that's in neutral French oak softens up a little bit. Uh, and you start to take on some tropical notes like yeah. oh, like melon, honey, honeysuckle. There's a little whisper of them on the nose. Then you blend it together before bottling, and you get a much more complex yeah. Sauvignon Blanc. I never drink alone. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Here we go. Folks, you've just joined us. Coat West. We're talking wine. Yes, we are. This is the Pine Mountain Cloverdale Peak Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, my Lord. That is light and crisp, fruity. And another gift from the gods right there. That is, that's your perfect summer day glass of wine, right? Any day glass of wine, really, if you think about it. 
Um, folks are probably wondering, where can we find you? If the folks want to come and uh, do a tasting, um, go online, of course. Uh, but where are we exactly? Where is this location? Yeah. Uh, we're in Embarcadero Cove, so we're only you know, one large block off of uh, the water. Yeah. We're close to Quinn's Lighthouse or Harborside. Many people know Harborside. Yeah, um, yeah it's a very uh, industrial area. Um, it actually has an interesting history. There used to be a lot of food production here. Mm-hmm. Um, back around World War II, supposedly, this area was deemed a strategic place for food production because of all the transit lines, the, yeah. wa- the waterways, the railways, yeah. and the, um, the interstate. Makes sense. Today, some other, other stuff uh, being created here, <laughs> cultivated here. A lot of green. I'm sorry? A lot of green being cultivated. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We are very close to the green belt, so this, supposedly there's... What are you talking about, man? <laughs> are you talking code? <laughs> yes. Um, but there's, you know, some of the food production, like right across the street there, that big white building, they yeah. do uh, massive amounts of olive oil. There's a mill uh, mm. still here. There used to be a lot of canning here. Yeah. But uh, the city of Oakland wants to keep the historic connection to food production here. So when I applied for my um, permit here, sure. they very much embraced the fact that we are a small art- artisanal winemaker. Yeah. Uh, and they want they, they recognize that uh, the food production and wine or beverage production is moving out of the big commercial production sure. and it's becoming more uh, small, local, artisanal. Yeah. Uh, and there's some wine history here in this building. Uh, Brett, you're not the first uh, winemaker to be here, right? That's right. Uh, this place has been a winery for 17 years, yeah. and I'm the third winemaker here. Yeah. Well, let's hope your your tenure here is a little a little longer. Shall we move into our, our last wine? It's rosé all day. Tell us all about it. Uh, this is a rosé of Cunois from Dry Creek Valley. Cunois is kind of a, an obscure variety, at least in California, but in the south of France, it's used quite readily for rosé. It's a wonderful grape for rosé because it's thin-skinned, low pigment, low tannin, but it's high acid, has great floral notes, and it's got a ton of fruit. Uh, It preserves its acidity, yet it's got a robust body, mouthfeel, texture, so it's an incredibly versatile wine when you consider food pairings. And it just appears everyone on the planet appears to love rosé these days. It's true. People like rosé so much that uh, in 2018 we decided to make three different rosés. We continued making our rosé of Cunois. We added a rosé of Grenache and a rosé of Zinfandel. So a bottle of your rosé, for those who want to come and enjoy, is how much? Uh, $25.00. Uh, for the rosé of Cunois and the rosé of Grenache, whereas the rosé of Zinfandel is 22. Yeah. Well, just, again, just get a case. Why not? You get uh, yeah. 10% off. Here we go. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. The rosé, here we go. Yes. That is a fine rosé. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to love your wines, but are there ever moments where you don't, you don't love something you've created? No, I I am very fortunate that I actually like my wines. I've always wondered uh, what winemakers would do in the scenario where they're in charge of wine production for wines that they don't love. Uh, that must be challenging, but fortunately I'm not in that. Uh, well, you fell in love again with Chardonnay. I did, I did, yeah. And it was all from what I learned at Comte Lafont in Merceau, yeah. uh, making very different Chardonnays. Parlez-vous français, monsieur? Je parle un peu français. Je parle français un peu. Ah, c'est bien. We're going to end it right there because it'll, it'll get awkward. Uh, so... Looking to the future, um, how many varietals are you working with right now? Uh, we're currently working with about 10 different vineyard sources. Yeah. 
So it's a lot of products because we're a small winery. We're only producing 1,500 cases a year. And there's two oh, of you. There's two of us. It's me full-time and uh, Michael McCullough is our assistant winemaker who outside of Harvest is full-time at Verjoux. He's a sommelier there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we managed to produce all the wines between the two of us. I know your family, man, you've got a couple of little ones. Have you put them to work yet? Not yet, but I can't wait till they get old enough where they can do something of value here. (laughs) So finally, for those who've uh, never been here, uh, why should they come and visit? When can they visit and where will they find you? People should come find us on Saturday or Sunday from 2 to 6. They should come because the wines are excellent and the prices are fantastic given the quality of the wines. Well, I'll second that. Uh, Brett Hogan, the winemaker, Co-West, the winery. Uh, We're going to share the wine notes with you, tell you more about your story at kcbsradio.com and click on foodie chap cheers my friend thank you (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.